me. Ahoy there! I'm up oh, above you. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, in this hang there. glider. Look, here oh, I am. look at you. Oh, oh good God! You're not wearing any round. trousers. Uh, no, oh. no, don't worry. Don't worry about that. Circling round like a like oh. an albatross on the breeze. Look, here I come. Here I albatross come. Albatross with a with no trousers a, on. Yes, here I go. Yeah. Oh, and down onto Carrying the deck. A courgette. Uh, well, Off. no. Just, just, just concentrate on the on the grace, yes. the beauty, the oh. agility. Oh. There we go. I never oh. see that. You did that very nicely. Yes, I'm just gonna what do you do? Do you fold that away, or do you just? I guess I'm just going to put it here on the deck. It just folds down, leave pretty, it. pretty small. If I wanted to take okay. it with me, you know, in a travel suitcase, I could. But I'm just going to leave it there, unfolded. Very clever. Very yeah. clever. And How are you? Considering it's imaginary. Yes. Well, I'm very well. It's very, very nice to. I was going to say see you, but I'm. I'm seeing you in my mind. We can't mind. see each other, can we? We can't no. see each other. We're not no. allowed to see each other. Simply in fact. not allowed. Before we were just simply in different places, but we could, simply. in principle, have have seen one another. Yes. But now I think it's probably illegal for us to see one another. Is that is yes. that right? I'm not. I'm not quite up on the new regulations, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, we can see each other through the Zoom. I suppose couldn't we through oh. through the, the good offices of Zoom? <laughs> oh, Martin! I tell you, I've had a few Zoom calls this week. Yeah, I tell you, it's you been are. very what, tricky. What's the latest? What's the latest over there in Belgium? Oh, I have had an absolutely horrendous week. As you know, oh, basically, no. I turned up for my initial, you know, my, my, my initial meeting with the team to sort of, I can't tell you what the name of the sandwich company is, but I'm, I, it's a very, very important sandwich company, yes. global in reach. And yes. anyway, I went there yes. to Ooh. sort of glad hand a few employees, mm. you know, do my bit, you know, take a photo yes. of me in a, mm. in a paper hat, you know, backstage somewhere, you know, would have gone in all the trades. But anyway, yes. look, unfortunately... Yes. It, it, oh, paper hat! I see what you mean. A chef's paper hat. A chef's paper hat. Yes. So yes. I thought I was thinking for, you were going hat. in for a sort of lunch or something. We'd all pull crackers. No, no, it wasn't no, a party. No, it wasn't a, not wasn't a party. No, not no, a paper no, crown. A hygienic. Oh, so I was picturing a crown. I see. I'm putting all crown yeah. thoughts to the back of my mind. That's well, it, it was a crown in a sense because I am something of a celebrity, as you know, in in the business. In the, but in the uh, sandwich. Oh, world. anyway, then I was confined to barracks because it turned out that. Oh. Um, you know, my sub-assistant Duh. manager here basically had tested positive, so blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I've been in the in the flat all week. I have had a horrendous, horrendous week. Not in terms of very used to being, to, to staying within four walls. I'm very used to that. Just creatively, Martin, I've had a terrible time. I've had a, I've had a oh, complete dear. block. I've got a, I've got a creative block. There's a new sandwich on the menu. Um, I'm not going to yes. go into too many details or you'll guess the name of the sandwich chain, but... I'm just going to say it's it involves um, it's just a very straightforward uh, brioche bun, and there's pastrami, and then there's a bit of pickle, and yes. maybe a bit of sauerkraut. And I have got to yes. come up with a killer description for this sandwich. And I have had, I have just been about my wit's end. I don't know what's happened to me, but every every ounce, every featherweight of, of creativity seems to have. Seems to have Has deserted me this week. No, I, I oh, just no. don't know what it... I mean, is it... I mean, in some sense, it's a bit like a Reuben. But, you know, a Reuben would have mustard. You know, Reuben often has cheese. There's no cheese in this sandwich. Mm. Um, I've just absolutely... I'm at my, I'm oh, at my bloody goodness. wit's end, Does, I tell you. OK, just let me conjure up a picture for her of its yeah. own my mind, see if I can be of any use to... Doesn't it? Is it... <laughs> you know, some of the, the, the brioche buns are, are there... They look almost like they've been boiled in a sort of... Uh, before they were then baked. Like, yes, and like, then glazed. Like a, they have a glaze and glaze, so a sort of yes, A yeah. kind of dark glaze. Does it have poppy seeds yes. on top? Oh, oh, good. Does it have sesame seeds on, on the top there? Maybe oh. the blackened sesame seeds. Yes, I, I think there know. might be a 
yes, a, a smattering yes. of sesame mm. seeds on there. Yeah, yeah. And is it sort of? Is it a molded top to the to the? Yes, it's got like two the, little mm. humps. Yes, uh, yes, got, yes, yes. I'm, I can I can see it. But probably looks a little bit like the the paper hat you were. You are wearing not unlike the paper hat, yes, the hygienic unlike. paper hat. Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mm. Are you going to ask me other questions, That's or is that it? No. Well, I don't want to pry. Don't want to pry, Craig. Well, there's there's three. If you must know, there's three slices of of pastrami. In there. Three. Okay, but they're very, 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 very thin. Aren't very, they? very, 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 very thin. Yes. Um, yes. I, there's no cheese. There's no cheese. Hence, this. I, I have real trouble comparing this to a, a Reuben. Like I say, the only place, the only touchstone I have is a Reuben. I've never heard of a Reuben, I'll be quite frank with you. Well, a Reuben is a bit of a... I mean, a Reuben is a very old sandwich all on its own. A Reuben is a sort of New York Jewish deli right. sandwich. Yes. But I don't understand it, but it's not, an actu- it's not actually a kosher sandwich, as it mixes meat with dairy. I don't know why it's called a, a Reuben. I mean, I, I really... This is all such a confusing area I found myself in, Martin. I really don't know where to turn. Goodness, yes, I, mean, I, I, I really, know. I can see. I can see. It's very, I'm guessing very Ruben tricky. was the owner. Was probably the owner of the cafe or the sandwich outlet that uh, that dispatched these things to a to a hungry populace. Yes, yes, and, probably. Uh, so therefore, probably. it's called a Ruben. rather like the the the, the, the Harry's Bar. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Cocktail or the Peach Melba. Yes, yes. The Peach Melba, named yes. after the Melba. Yeah, yeah. And um, peach. I'm struggling now to think of any foods that are named. Yeah, I can't think of anything, but I'm sure after. there are plenty of things. Yeah, there's probably yes, Daniel's yeah. a Daniel sandwich or a you know a, a biscuit Schofield, a, a, yes. a Betty Betty's Tea Room. I mean, that's actually named after. It is actually called Betty's. Tea, it's a bad example. Anyway, let's let's plough on. So, have you? Uh, why don't you? Here's a thought. Why yes. don't you? Maybe if you can just go for a walk, Martin. That's very cruel indeed. Oh, like, that is cruel, isn't it? I can't in the absence of that, what walk. about something something mind altering? Not necessarily mm. um, a bottle of brandy from downstairs, uh, but maybe uh, one of those strong Belgian beers. Maybe something a strong, like that. a blonde beer from Belgium. Oh yeah, or just something psychedelic. You know, like go for some go for some uh, friture and mussels, and ask them to just slip in a dodgy muscle. Something like that, just to sort of take me, muscle. take me to sort of yes. Lewis Carroll territory. Yes, okay. Take you elsewhere. Yes, get high on a, on a dodgy cephalopod. Speaking of um, dodgy cephalopods, oh yes, go on. <laughs> no one has ever used that ever as a segue. Um, Speaking, yes. What's been yes. happening at Dunnell? Um, oh, you know the same old thing, really. Nothing, nothing of, of great importance has has really taken place at, at Dunnell. Um, is still. Is still working hard over in, in his forge, which is very exciting, in the smithy. What's happening in the fields? I mean, what does happen the f- in the fields, fields at this time f- of year? You, you've well, harvested your monge too. We've harvested the monge too. Do you have to plough something back in? Or well, you'll see, normally like we would be ploughing, but I am, I am now we are, I am instigating a new policy of no plough. Oh, no yes, plough. Yes, We will not till. It's a no-till farm now. We are, we are going to be building up our soil health. And what we have to do is... I've been reading a book, and what we have to do is bring in an, a great many head of cattle, yeah. um, a really ludicrous number of cattle for a short period. They've got to come in and just do their do their thing, and then we move them on. Oh, yeah. And then, yes, this seems to be what you do. I suppose you're, you're basically trying to replicate the action, the movements of the bison on the, on the great Central American plain. Oh, how wonderful. That's so they're going to... what you're doing, um, and it replenishes the soil, puts all the goodness back in. It's all very exciting, anyway. But, um, yes, yeah, so I'm not doing any ploughing. They're going to um, shit all over the field, and then you're going to 
What? <laughs> then, I mean, we'll, we, we'll, we'll obviously plant the next. We plant it, but they, they grow very quickly. The mange tour, you know, the, oh, the stocks go in. Um, you know, the roots, the root stocks go in after it's March, I think. You know, so so. So basically, you you just do nothing from September to March. Would that be? That's kind of right. I mean, a little bit of forestry. Forestry. After What's this? forestry? Yes. What do you do? Well, what, 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 what do you specifically do in forestry? Well, we've uh, we've felled quite a number of uh, of trees uh, last year and the year before, and we are now replanting. We are putting new broadleaf trees in to replace them. Um, but yes, I mean, you know, it's a matter of draining the soil. Um, oh, I haven't thought about this. Maybe I shouldn't be draining the soil with the new till, no till policy. Hmm. Oh. Anyway, there's a, a thing well, to chew on. Well, we're both, on. At, we're both anyway, sort of at it's a all crossroads, it's all very aren't exciting. we? Both at a sort of creative crossroads. Aren't we, though? Without, um, without projects. Oh. I wonder if we, if the hat could come into the name of the of the thing. I wonder if you could call it the the brown hat or the... the I maybe, think the brown look, hat would be a tricky name for a sandwich. I think it sounds like I'm some terrible... I'm just popping off for a brown hat. Sounds like you're basically going to do what the bison do. Um on the, uh, on, was it the Midwestern Plain? What did you call it? Central yes. American Plain. Yes, or being think, a brown hatter, I think, has uh, Listen, also... I, think, I think we've it, we've gone... It opens up so many possibilities, the brown hat. And I'm not sure any of them's particularly pleasant. <laughs> where are we in the cultural, in the in the geist? Well, what's going on in the well, time I'll tell ghost? You, I'll what's tell you going? Where we are in the time ghost, Martin. We're a little bit. I'm just, we're a little bit late to the party. Oh. Just imagine the oh. graphic just swirling in Whoa, to the party. Watch out! That massive rock. Late to late to the cracks appearing in the, the collapsing onto the floor. The sorry, yes. And then in comes a red hot brand. It goes. Party! We're late to the party in graphics. Yes. Yes. Because Good um, heavens above. I thought we would... Um, Tell me. Shit's Creek swept the nominations oh, God, and yes. the awards. Yes. I don't know if you remember that. So Absolutely um, it did, yeah. I mean, not that reason. I mean, I'm, we're late to the party even even in doing this item, typically. Oh, the party's but, all, all but gone. I mean, the Emmys. The only How thing long left ago was the, that? The, the Emmys was what? But anyway... Only thing, only thing, all that's left of the Emmys is the Portaloos. Still haven't taken them. I and, think it's and they will the never television. be able to take them. Never. because Never of, will. Um, never will. Yeah, they'll have to torch the insides of them. They'll have to sort of mm. strafe them with uh, naphthalene or something to be able to get the, the you know, the, the nasty little germs. Um, yes, to be able to get the pathogens. To be able to get those off, you know. To get the Ryan Gosling's shedded coronavirus. Sneeze oh, the, 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 oh, oh, the tiny oh, sneezings of Ryan Gosling. Um, but, oh. uh, yes. Anyway, sorry, late to the... Party. Party. Essentially, I thought and I would watch that because I thought, well, it's won all these Emmys. I'd better catch up on Shit's Creek. It's supposed to be pretty pretty good. I have to say, I was always slightly put off by the title of the show. Yes. I think, you know, there, I mean, there is precedent for a show being funny when it's got a pun in its title, but, but they're few and... Few and far between. Forty, 40 Towers, Towers is the only yes, one I can go. think of. Springs to my... Well, there we are, but great minds. Yes, the only, only oh, sorry, show. Boring minds. I don't know. I don't know. Take it. Predictable take it, minds. Predictable minds. It, how did you find it, Craig? How far have you got into it? I had an expression on my face during Shit's mm. Creek mm. that's a 
bit like the one where you're waiting at the barrier at the arrivals section of the airport for a relative to arrive who you know fairly well, but not that well, and you would probably recognise them from a photo, but not necessarily in real life. They might have put on a bit of weight, might have lost a bit of weight, might be wearing yes. a brown hat. Yes. Yes. But, um, but anyway, you, wait, you have this expectant smile on your face as if you're about to be rewarded with a, a, you know, a crushing wave of emotion, and then you realise, actually, they've missed the flight, and you look at your text messages and think, oh, are they not arriving for another... 17 hours I've just got to go home and, and come back again that was the expression on my face precisely uh, because I was I was hoping for something for a, for a sort of familiar for a familiar face to arrive in the form of a, a something that was seemed seemed yes. funny but it didn't actually ever arrive um yeah what, what experience yes. what, what experience did you have I'm very much the same. I saw I saw the first episode, and only the first episode, and I, I was willing it to be lovely, because I like the idea of it. I like the idea, Craig. I think, you know, somebody who, you know, a, a family of the, of the, not just the wealthy, but the super wealthy. There's, this is a sort of a new uh, a stratum of wealth, isn't it? The, the super wealthy of the West Coast, and... Um, well, yes, perhaps we should explain, you know, just, just uh, outline the premise, uh, you know, for the, um, for the listener. Yes. So super rich, very, very, very rich, and slightly very spoilt children, rather yeah. indulged. Uh, super rich family, uh, husband and wife. She very much likes her designer brands, doesn't she? And she wears lots of wigs. And, She's an actress. Um, she was an actress in a previous... That's right, she was a soap life. star or yeah. something, wasn't she, I think? That's right. And they've been swindled out of their, out of their fortune, um, but they have to go and live in a town that they bought just for fun. You know, I was waiting, as you say, for the for the for the for the dear genial relation to come bundling through with her trolley, but uh, no, no arrival. Is it fair to say it just feels a bit bad taste? It just seems to be, as one one friend of mine put it, a lot of rich people making jokes about poor people. <laughs> um, but I think, just given the the extraordinary uh, response there's been to it, it must improve. It must improve. Must get better. I wonder. I wonder if it's just a victim of its of its premise. It's like one of the things that I found was sort of maybe resistant to it was it was such a big premise. You know, it was a very much a kind of. I thought, oh, I know how this has happened. You know, Eugene Levy has gone into a room with Dan Levy, and they've pitched this sort of. It's like a one line idea, isn't it? It's like you know, this rich family go and yes. have to go and live with poor people. It's like the Beverly Hillbillies in reverse. Then the exec leans forward and he says, but who's going to play the guy? I am. Oh, what? You're, you're kidding me. I mean, who who else can be in it? Catherine O'Hara. She's amazing. She's been in all the, you know, movies I've done with Chris Guest. OK, yes. yeah, great. Let's go. You do Second I mean, City with me. Yes, exactly. So, okay. I mean, it, it feels like um, it was a pitch that should never have been a show. And I wonder if what happens is, and I'm, I'm never going to watch it, so I'm never going to find out, but my guess would be it outlives its premise and they have to give the characters a mm. little bit more to do. They have to round them out more, and it ends up being a, more of a sort of feel-good kind of show. You know, I mean, I, surely yes. something like that has to happen further surely down Surely the they have to learn how to rub along and how to get on with everybody and have to, you know, they have to, they have, to have their corners knocked off on that. So essentially, that is one of the rules. That's, this, is a, this is a fable, isn't it, really? Yeah, That's and I think, I guess is. by the second series, they're not, you know, we, we hate them in the first series because they're sort of gazillionaires yes. Um, yes. and they seem very overprivileged and, um, 
you know, uh, there seems a lack. Well, seems a lack any. <laughs> Basically sociopathic <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, funny as they are, they are essentially sociopathic. And uh, I guess, you know, by the second series, they're not really, you know, the height of the dive is not so great, is it? Presumably they're a little bit more, they're just a bit up themselves, uh, but they're not grossly overprivileged. I suppose another sort of interesting thing about Shits, Shits Creek is the... Um, Blatant nepotism. <laughs> I mean, you could call it sort of touching, you know, maybe, you know, talent runs in families. Or, there's different ways to look yes. at it, aren't there? Because, yes. of course, apart from Dan Levy, who I think I'm correct, plays the son, right? And Eugene Levy plays yes. the father. You've also got Sarah Levy, who plays the waitress. And I'm pretty sure there's another Levy in the producer credits. So, oh, what's going on there, Martin? Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if they've uh, if they've fallen into the same trap as uh, as uh, Brendan O'Carroll. Did you read about this, Mrs. Brown's Boys? No, the comedy, the, the the comedy, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Brown's Boys, which everyone's loved because it is very much a family. You know, the the, the O'Carroll family, family are very yeah. much. Well, it is. Yes, they're all very very. They're all in it up to up to their up to their armpits. Turns out though. Someone's discovered that all the O'Carrolls get paid about twice as much as everyone else on the on the <laughs> on the uh, on the payroll. Yeah, and someone said, "Hang on, yeah, how much do you get paid per episode?" Go, well, it's good. I don't. I just get. Sorry, I won't, I'm not going to do the accents because it'll it'll be upsetting. Um, well, quickly, pop me with onion. Oh, I will, I will do it then. Look at me, post tits. I get, I'll probably get about the same as you do. <laughs> he has a, got a funny laugh, hasn't he? I can't remember. <laughs> He's got a. <laughs> hoik, I can't hoik. remember how it goes. Hoik, hoik. Hoik, hoik, hoik. Kerching, kerching. Hoik, hoik. Every time he laughs, another, another golden sovereign falls. I don't blame him though. But come on, it's all Brendan. It's all him. The show is well, all him. True. I mean, the rest of them are, you know. I mean, to to pay anyone else on the show, frankly, is generous. I think. I mean, he's he's quite <laughs> clearly he's quite clearly the only one with any talent, um, and he's got a lot of it. I mean, he's got a lot of it. He has. But but he's like got a lot of time for Brandon. Yeah, I've got. I think. Well, I mean, I think we see eye to eye on this, Martin. I know it's not trendy and it's not cool. But I think Mrs. Brown's Boys is really, really funny. I think it's very, very funny, and I think he's brilliant. I'm not so sure about the others. I think if that show was a bicycle, let's put it this way, it's some relation of the tandem. Well, it's a penny farthing, surely. There's one <laughs> massive wheel and a, and, a, and a little caster next to it. But it's it's just very common yes. now, isn't it? Is wanting to well, um, right. keep it in the family. Yes. I mean, another example, well, of course, would be Lee Child. And um, we have to talk oh, about yes. this. We have to talk oh, about this. Oh my goodness! The uh, Jack yes. Reacher novels. Jack Reacher. So isn't I'm, it I'm just going to tell the listener that um, Lee Child, the writer of the Jack Reacher novels, is going to pass the franchise on to his brother. I think you've got that absolutely spot on. You've got it spot on. It's exactly right. But they're going to write in tandem for the next three books. They're going to write them together. Yeah. And then, and then Lee is going just to, to back away very gently. He's going to moonwalk like Michael Jackson out of the scene and leave his brother Andrew on stage. With the, with the, his brother Andrew is, by the way, also a novelist. Also writes quite sort of muscly prose, I think. Hard man prose, I think it's, it's sometimes described as, as a style. Have you ever oh. read any Jack Reacher novels? Never in, a, never in my life, no. No, no. I, have, I, have I tell either. you what, though, 
as a franchise, it is worth over a billion dollars, probably dollars, which is almost the same as a billion pounds. Well, yeah, probably by the end of this conversation, it'll be the same as a billion pounds, given the way a billion dollars, a billion <laughs> a dollars, billion dollars. That, that is pounds. the same as um, a billion and two pounds. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the thing I'd, I've never read Jack Reacher either, but I do know a little bit about it in that um, I know that what Lee Child is very good at doing, and I know this because I read someone else talking about why they liked <laughs> the Jack yes. Reacher novels. I think it was well, Malcolm that's more than I've done. Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell, yes, writing okay. in yes. a literary magazine, said that uh, what Lee Child does brilliantly, and like no one else, is... For example, if Jack Reach is going to have a knife fight, he will take you through every quiver of psychology in the mind of Jack Reacher. In other words, what he really, really gets into is every... It is not the externals of the fight, but the internals, what he's thinking, oh. what he's anticipating, how he thinks it's going to go, whether he's basically all the tiny little micro-judgments that lead Jack Reacher to success or failure. In, in any given sequence in the book. Ooh, so it sounds just very, very... To me. Here's my point, though. This sounds... I thought, oh, wow, that sounds amazing. Uh, I, I now wish, almost wish I'd read a Jack Reacher novel, but not quite enough to ever read one. But uh, I, I did think, oh, that does sound impressive. What I also thought was that sounds quite difficult. And if Malcolm Gladwell is saying that Lee Child is capable of doing something that he's not capable of, I wonder if Lee Child's brother is... Is as capable. Is as yeah. capable. And, and you know, writing books, I'm not sure... It's being treated in this instance, isn't it? Is it like it's sort of... I mean, could anybody write a Jack Reacher novel? Is all we I need for Lee Child to just put his wing over us for a couple of books and then we'd, we'd be OK? We'd be OK. It may well be. Maybe he'll say, look, here's a couple of notes. Always in such an instance, this, this, this. Never follow this pattern. Always follow this. Da, 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 this goes like that. And by the way, Andrew, uh, good luck. Um, because somebody, <laughs> this is interesting, every 13 seconds, somebody buys a, a Jack Reacher book. That's definitely not me. I, Bono, Bono told me that in an advert. Well, every 13 fingers, seconds, Bono buys a Jack Reacher novel. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just quickly before we finish, I'd just like to um, uh, talk of late to, the, uh, late to the party as well. Yeah. I'm a little bit late to the party for uh, Black History Month. I don't know if you saw, there's a fantastic... 
fantastic documentary on at the moment um, called Enslaved. Oh, yes, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, it says it's called yes. Enslaved with Samuel L. Jackson. It's not Enslaved with Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson is in it for, I mean, a blink of an eye would be generous. I don't right. know. He almost just sort of walks past yes, the camera at one point yes. in yes. his trademark Kangol hat, and that's about it. So it's quite unusual. It's quite unusual as a documentary. I mean, it's sort of. I think what what's shaping up is that each episode is going to be about a different slave ship. It's very very interesting. It reminds you slightly of who do you think you are? Sometimes there's always a, oh, yes. a chat yes. with a particularly sort of curly haired historian who's wearing cotton gloves at some at some point. Yes, but but really it's it's a very tricky watch i mean the story is very very moving i mean in particularly the first episode that i saw you know the, the stories of the oh horrendous things that, that were done in the name of yes. this in the name of the slave trade but is a very odd mix of of presenters is it's a very very peculiar thing uh, when you see for example you know afia hirsch is one of the presenters and she's brilliant in it you know she's mixed heritage but you've got some i don't know why they're there some white presenters this is the problem is the 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 inherent problems of the whole the whole thing they're still there in the program itself and i suppose that's what's so fascinating because you often have this very awkward situation where for example at one stage the white presenter and samuel l jackson are looking at a a a portrait painting and they're talking about a particular figure in the british judiciary who made one of the landmark decisions in the slave trade. And they're saying that uh, the reason that he did that is that he had a black, you know, he had had adopted a black girl into his family and that he therefore was sympathetic. And the the white presenter immediately goes, you see, see, he was a kind of good guy. He was a kind of good guy. (laughs) And Samuel Jackson immediately says, what, what you're saying? Because he adopted a black girl. He was a, he was a good guy. It's fascinating. The whole program is oh, just is everyone exquisitely awkward. Everyone awkward eggshells. Awkward, Nobody awkward wanting eggshells. to say anything that no. will upset or yes. or mansplain or whitesplain yes. yeah, or blacksplain yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah. whatever. Nobody wants to. Oh yes, and and as a result, and and as a result of not wanting to have anyone be splained to. There are about twenty presenters of the program. I mean, literally, there are. Oh my God. I mean, there are just, there's just, and a lot of it. I understand why it's done. I understand why it's done, and it is also the, the right thing to do. But it's a sort of it encapsulates beautifully the the mess we're in at the moment. The, yes, the whole it's, show. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Great. Well, he's great. I just wish he was in it more. I mean, he's literally only in about he's only in it for about twenty seconds. Well, I think shame. he's in it for long enough for them to be able to call it. Enslaved with Samuel L. Jackson, and I think full marks for to to anybody for for giving it a go. It's a really important story that needs to be told. But the very show itself highlights really all the con- contradictions and difficulties that there are in in talking about the you know in talking about this whole yes this whole area. Very interestingly, there's well, a whole yes. section on Edward Colston in the story, and I couldn't quite figure out whether they made this before they pulled the statue of Edward Colston down uh, during the. Bristol Black Lives Matter demonstration. Yes. And I don't know. Well, I mean, I the, Colston, the Colston conversation has been going on for, for four or five years. I mean, the, in Bristol, they'd been campaigning to change the name of the Colston Hall, for example, which yeah. they now have. It's now called the Bristol Beacon. The Bristol Beacon. Yeah. And, um, uh, 
Yes, it's very I, interesting. And I don't know. Yes. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Will you, will, you, will you be watching it, Martin? Do you think you'll. I think I will, but I think, as you say, I mean, it will make me uncomfortable and it'll probably make me rather sad because I think the, the difficulty here is everybody's reluctance to. because they know that there is a shared story, but the two sides of that story are so immeasurably contrasting that there's no sense of sharing the same story. So no one can own the whole story. You can only own your half of it. One of those halves is very virtuous and the other half is very shameful. Yes, and I, I suppose that's, what, that's the thing about the documentary is it, it, it attempts to contrive a meeting point. And that is, yes. that is what is interesting about it because the, the meeting point is not there yet. I mean, I, I, I can't help it. because I, I, you know, here, Here's the reaction you have if you're white and you watch the show. You think, oh, get these white people out of this show. Can't we have the black people finding out from the black people what happened? Why do we have to have the white people there explaining it to the black people? L- literally. But then I suppose that awkwardness, that awkwardness is also part of the... Part of the story, and I think you know. I think, as you say, you know yes. that meeting point. You know that meeting point is confected at the moment, and it feels confected in yes. the show. That's um, it. Yes. Anyway, you, you can't get more late to the party than than that <laughs> A documentary no. about the slave trade. There you go. Yes. But I, there is one last um, late to the party that. Uh, yes. Emily in Paris. We mentioned it last week. We did. But, yes. But, um, Don't tell me you've watched it. I think this is the reason I've not been able to to write my sandwich description this week. I think that's why I've had such a, a mental block. Is I, I think yes. Emily in Paris has occupied a part of my brain where thought usually takes place. Um, oh. it's, it's like watching the antimatter version of yourself and you sort of cease to exist. Can I pitch it to you? Uh, yes, tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay, so you know that Phil Collins's daughter is playing daughter, the Daughter, Lily, yes. Yes, Lily, yes. Lily Collins, right, so... Imagine her in a beret. She's usually wearing some slightly misjudged outfit. Anyway, in the ones I've seen. So basically, she works for uh, a company who I guess are in marketing or something like that. And she is tasked with the job of going over to a French fashion house to um, do their social media for them. Okay. Yes. I mean, it's this Darren Starr writing this, of course, who, you know, famously wrote, I think it goes back as far as Beverly Hills 90210, and then, of course, Sex in the City. Oh, oh yes. Uh-huh, oh, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then well, probably, hang on. probably ten other things in this. What was that? I'm just revering Sex in the City. Oh, I see. I thought you were singing the theme tune to Juliet Bravo. sounded a bit like the theme tune to Dallas, actually, didn't it? Oh, yes, it's Dallas. It was Dallas. You're quite right. I don't know why I did that. I was just sort of bowing down. There we go. Yes. But anyway, he wrote those very successful shows. He's now written this show, Emily in Paris. And it's very hard not to watch it. Nothing about this show should work. Um, yes, it's, it's very superficial. It relies entirely on cultural stereotypes. And basically, she goes over to France, goes over to Paris, and everyone's very French. And you know, they have t- total disdain for her and her fashion. And you know, that's all been done before. Um, so, but it's, do you know what it is? That's how it's, yeah. Woody Allen would. You know, he was always in love with with Barcelona and Paris and London, and he would set various films in these things, and they were just hilarious. You could tell they so, were written by yeah. by an American because much <laughs> though he's a, you know he likes to get under the cultural skin of a, of a city, he can't stop revering it for long enough to see it for what it is. 
Yes. And it's a sort of, it's a total, it's an absolute myth. Well, this Paris, this Paris bears no relation to the Paris I've, I've been to. But I have to say, you know, maybe it's the, maybe it's the confinement that's, that's, that's done it to me. But I, have, I find myself looking quite longingly at the streets of Paris and thinking, oh, oh, oh. maybe I could go and do the, you know, the, the social media for a fashion house. And, well, uh, you should do. On, you drink, should do, though, Craig. Drink frothy You'll be phenomenal. None of your brown hats there. <laughs> I mean, it is it is quite extraordinary. One thing I will say about it is yes. that he writes. He, in some way, manages to write heterosexual relationships like no one, else, no one else I have ever come across. It's basically what he did in Sex in the City, which is it's a very it's an odd world to navigate, you know. And and it's really hard to stop watching it because you kind of think, God, I wish life was this. God, I wish life ran on rails it's like this. Simple. I oh just, my goodness. I know where this scene is going because I know where the joke is going. That was telegraphed to me about a minute ago. About yes. a minute ago. And it's oh, and here's sure another telegraph to the same joke. Hasn't changed. It's so like there we watching, go. It's just a slightly bigger tassel. Exactly. It's like it's the same sort of pleasure you'd get out of watching all the trains on a Swiss railway. You know, there's no kind of there's no cultural edge. There's no there's nothing being done that is in any way avant garde. By God, that shit's running on time. Martin, how am I how am I going to get up in the air with this this contraption? Well, I don't know. I've got, I've got to. Do you want me to throw you up? I tell you what, I'll hop on a pair of water skis. Go behind your boat. You give it a good okay, uh, my give boat. a good couple hop of in, knots. Gonna... Hopefully, the wind will catch me. Go. Here we go. Oh, there we go. Dahoy, oh, Martin. Dahoy! Up I go! There's no way this can work aerodynamically. It's impossible! Bye bye! Totally impossible! Dahoy! Time Ghost was written and created by Alexander Armstrong and Ben Miller. It was produced by Claire Broughton and Andy Goddard. This was a Hattrick podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.